Hello and good evening, everyone, from the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole Sports. You are listening to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State, coming to you live from room 420 inside of Diffenbaugh. Save your jokes at the door. I am your host, Nicholas Carlisle, bringing you the latest, greatest, and Florida status in everything sports, or at least as much as we can fit within the hour for people all around the world. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at talk underscore tomahawk and you can call into the show at 850-644-1837 that's 850-644-1837 well for those of you at home who uh, are Seminoles fans I'm sure you recognize the Seminole uprising that was just playing and when I took over the show of course I met with Chris and Grant and we said like like any other new leadership group uh, would we met and said well how can we how, how can we make the show ours how can we make tomahawk talk better and one of the things that we agreed on was that we wanted to make the show very distinct and we wanted to do a better job at hyping up the show before we actually went live. So we started playing Seminole Uprising because for as long as I've been a part um, of Florida State, as long as I've been a student here, it's always been that song that gives me the most uh, pride for being able to attend the university. And, and what more, a song it and, is. And, and moreover, just from a simple fandom per, uh, per, perspective, I mean, the song just kicks butt and uh, it embodies the ideal mentality of Florida State Athletics. Uh, in any football season that's not this football season. Uh, but over time, Chris and I decided, well, since it's such a prideful piece of music, it wouldn't really much make sense when Florida State loses. So we decided that we would only start off the show with it when Florida State won. And then they went on a three-game losing streak, and uh, it appeared Florida State was not going to win again this season. But hold your horses, ladies and gentlemen. Florida State did come away with a victory this past weekend. The bull streak is still alive and, uh, well, <laughs> alive for another week, that is. And uh, I'd like to point out that Luke Fay, self-proclaimed uh, Nostradamus, did hint earlier on this season that it would be really cool if it did come down to this final game to decide whether the bull streak lives or dies. Of course, he also said that maybe University of Florida would be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, you're one for two on that one. you gotta be, you got to be happy I, with one for I, two. I, I don't really recall that, but it sounds a little bit like me. So I think I, think <laughs> I might have said it. that it – it would it would be a uh, well is, is it well, it's a far more important game for Florida State correct oh yeah oh significant um and if if Florida had won one one more of those games then it's to a ten ten win season um that's what it means and when they had McIlwain and they won ten games that first year it was it was bad because then they expected more and I think that uh, this year they got exactly what anyone could have wished for if you're if you're a Florida fan. They're number 15 in the country right now? I believe so. I think 13. 13 uh, in the AP. Okay, so the college football playoff hasn't come out mm-hmm. until not till tomorrow night. Until yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. So, I mean, they they are they are where they want to be and uh this is probably the most beatable ranked team in the country. Um and it it really will come down to the quarterback play and whose punter's better. We do have a pretty packed <laughs> show tonight. <laughs> I'm curious why you say punter. Did I just – sorry if I dropped that in very very. Slightly. Oh, I'm sure uh, you're just so apologetic. What's his name again? Um, <laughs> Logan Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, people actually interview Logan Tyler a lot. I I don't know what they, they get out of him, but, I mean, I, what, what can you get out of a punter in the interview session? I don't – uh, did you try to kick it over forty yards? Like, like I kicked the ball. What far. do you do? You ask, hey man, like you, 
you're on the sideline a lot. You know, how how's the locker room gonna be? <laughs> well, that's, I, w- what, what I, I wish I wish I could say I wish we could say that Logan Tyler is on the sideline a lot, but sadly that's not mm. the case. Yeah, well, we we, yeah, we do yeah. have a pretty packed show tonight. Of course, to review the big upset victory over Boston College this past weekend, a look ahead to all the big rivalry weekend games, including Florida versus Florida State, and our final predictions and takes on where the college football playoff rankings will end up where they will lie after this upcoming week but what is a captain without his crew i'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host chris camacho that's me how are things things are things are good it was a very good weekend uh this weekend considering uh the florida state victory on saturday you got fsu women's soccer taking down usc a team from my hometown uh which was a lot of fun i have friends who are usc fans who go to usc and they were talking trash until that final pk caroline jeffers in her fifth start of the season I mean, she let the one goal that USC scored just go right by her, and she came in at the very last, very last second when we needed her. Uh, so it was a fun weekend. It was good. And to my right, you've already heard from him tonight, Mr. Luke Fay. I usually give you uh, an allotment of one UCF tirade per appearance on the show, but we got no tirades. This I, ha- week. I really, yeah, I, I was, I, I had a feeling that we were going to go over the quota tonight. Just uh, talking about the talking about the uh, night, so uh, I may have to allow it. If you, I was, if you... I, I'm, I'm gonna have to say, you know, I was just a little emotionally exhausted. <laughs> I I went on a trip on Friday. I left to go to Orlando, <laughs> woke up at 4:15 in the morning, went to college game day at UCF till 10 o'clock. It was a rock show. If you guys ever get an opportunity to go to college game day, go to one that's never they've never been to. Hmm. Go go to one that's gonna be a huge game. My brother said he went to the Florida State one after. They'd had it like three times in one season. He said it was it was lackluster. At UCF, it was not lackluster. There was thousands and thousands of people. Hmm. Um, it, was, it was really fun. And then drove my butt all the way up to Tallahassee. And I wasn't made sure the, you were going to make it back. I didn't, make, I didn't ask for permission to go down there. <laughs> you just were like, hey, uh, so are you going to come to the game? I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. And I got, got there at 3, and it was a long, long, long day. But I'm, I'm really, really glad I did it. But uh, real quick, favorite sign you saw? Favorite sign? Um, I gotta say it was there was this Nicholas Cage sign, and it was uh, we're gonna steal it, the we're college gonna... football playoff trophy. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, like the we're gonna steal the Declaration yeah, yeah. of Independence, yep. and I was like, I could not stop laughing at that one because it was just so, it, it was so perfect. Accurate, yeah. Nick Cage, you know, he, yeah. he's he's easy to get me. He is. And, uh, and to his right, the Ray Allen to the big three, Mr. Gary Putnick. The Miami Marlins recently revealed their new colors, and we haven't had you on the show since they were announced. So what do you think of them? I love them. It is a step up from the old ones. The old ones were just way too much, way too much in your face, way too many colors. These ones are subtle, clean, and fresh. Subtle, clean, and fresh. There you go. Good good word choices there. Um, <laughs> Chris Camacho, Gary Putnick, Luke Fay, and once again, I'm your host, Nick Carlisle. And we are starting off the top, which if you don't know, it's a segment where I take a look at the previous week in sports and pick a big story or topic and throw it at our panelists, forcing them to come up with answers off the top of their head at the top of the show. And tonight, it kind of seems like every time uh, a good off-the-top segment topic springs up, it happens the morning after the show. And it really stinks because then we have to wait an entire week to finally talk about it. And that's really the case with this particular topic, as I'm sure people are pretty tired of seeing this man's name in the headlines by now. And that man is... Uh, Le'Veon Bell, and, th- and this interesting situation that's going on right now in Pittsburgh, uh, of course this has been a season-long affair. You know, every single week it just became more and more of a, of a chess match between the organization and the players, seeing who would give in first, and in the end, nobody really gave in. 
and Dallas sitting out the rest of the season. The Steelers are seven two and one. They would be seven and three if the Cleveland Browns had a field goal kicker. Um, <laughs> still not too bad. They've won quite a few games in a row, and they are sitting pretty good in the playoff race while Bell is sitting on a jet ski in Miami. Reports were that Le'Veon and the Steelers were close to making a deal for Bell to return. Uh, before the deadline, but the stipulation was that the Steelers couldn't franchise tag him again, and obviously they couldn't agree to that or nobody would be having this conversation right now. Guys, I want to know your take on the situation, and I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell me what you see coming for Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers in the future. I honestly don't see him re-signing with the Steelers. I I think the Steelers are actually doing just fine without him. I I think, of course, I mean, having a Le'Veon Bell on your roster doesn't hurt, but consider it it almost reminds me of like, like a Jimmy Butler situation where clearly this guy wants more than what he's being given so he's he's as you mentioned he's he's playing a game of chicken he wants to see who's going to give up first but i mean <coughs> i i don't see them hanging out together again uh they he's not going to go back to the steelers that's yeah. the the trust has been broken between uh the management and the team and him uh, I don't even think the players would really want him back. They raided his locker room. Uh, <laughs> That's his, right. His locker. That was kind of embarrassing. Not, not gonna, what are you going to do? Are you going to walk up to him uh, one, one day and be like, hey, man, can you sign your cleats that I stole from your locker? I don't, I don't know what's going to go on with that. But Give it to him for Christmas. <laughs> a nice little re-gift there. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sure you can sell this and recoup you know, $10,000 of your $16 million turned down or 14.5, whatever it was. This is for your losses. Uh, but – Le'Veon Bell will be an Indianapolis Colt next year. Is that Notre Dame? Notre Dame speaking. Yeah, yeah that that is that is. is this is, is my chip. Speaking through who? This is my Chip Kelly to UCLA spiel because I hit it last year. I'm gonna hit it again this year. I'm going Le'Veon to the Colts. What makes you say that? They they don't have a running back. They have the cap room, and they're in an easy division. They have a pretty. They have a pretty good. Running back out of the Marlon, Marlon Mack, Mack out of USF. Well, yeah. well no, I think Naheem, Naheem Hines, I think his name is as well, catching passes out of the backfield, doing extremely I'd well. I'd still take Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> well, <laughs> so if you get Le'Veon Bell, Andrew Luck, and T.Y. Hilton, a three-headed monster with Don't forget Eric, Eric Ebron, Ebron mm-hmm. who kind of plays football some some games. I mean, and Jack Doyle, is, is he Doyle, is yeah, he the other injured? tight end. Yeah, he's, he's, he's off and on. Yeah, but that team – could make a little bit of a push, and they have the uh, um, the rookie defensive player of the year on on that team. I think it's is, is it Leonard or something. I, I I'm gonna have to look up his name, yeah. but he he's phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. phenomenal, and people were dragging him over that pick. So I, I think that that would be a good up and coming. T- what what where would you want him to go? I have no idea. As of, honestly, as of right now, that I Dolphins. Well, <laughs> that, I mean, he if that's where his home he li- is. He, yeah. yeah, he likes Miami already. Miami's gonna taxes. be taxes. Yeah, no state income tax. Dolphins are gonna be. I was about to say Marlins. Uh, the Dolphins are in the market for a running back sooner or later because well, Frank maybe. Gore isn't gonna be a long term option. So hey, maybe Miami. I don't know why that scares me so much. I just the history. The history of the Miami Dolphins and superstars coming in free agencies are are just pretty poor. I mean, I'm still, I'm still kind of salty about how much uh, the Dolphins gave Indomitian Sue mm-hmm. for him God. to just. I mean, I'll of course, believe, yep. everyone saw that one. Well, yeah. well, Sue isn't exactly the stat sheet stuffer that you, the stat sheet stuffer. Excuse me, that he that you'd think he is. He's more of just I'm gonna plug a hole. I'm gonna maybe maybe plug two gaps 
you know, if we get more fines than sacks. <laughs> well, <laughs> guys, it was Darius Leonard. Just to just to go back. Okay. to Okay. So. All right. Hey, yeah. speaking of the Steelers, though, did y'all see that game? Uh, oh, we don't yeah. want to talk about that it. That was yeah. wild. Well, yeah, we've, got, we, we've, got, we've already we've, we've gotten already requests had. not to yeah. talk about if, the game. <laughs> here, well, I got one thing to say about the game. If uh, the Steelers ended up did or did end up losing that game, and there that one play that stands out at the end was a little drop pass to. Um, was Connor. it Connor? And he just drops it. Oh, Le'Veon man, Bell would brutal. just be is I could imagine him just sitting on his couch smiling. It's like you guys really needed me. <laughs> and that at the end of the day is the variable. You know, there's there's one of two. There's two variables in the situation that would completely flip the way that we're viewing this. And those two variables are Ben Roethlisberger and James Connor. And anybody can tell you that. Of course, if the two main cogs of the offense, the running back and the quarterback, aren't playing well, you aren't going to win. I mean, it doesn't take a sports guy to tell you that. But to that point, Roethlisberger had a year in decline last year. You know, the age was starting to to be very pre- uh, prevalent. He's starting to retire three years in a row. Exactly. Nobody knew James Conner would be what he is right now, except for probably James Conner. If James Conner isn't having the year that he is having, the Steelers probably would have already had Le'Veon Bell back and probably be sitting at four and six right now, mm-hmm. maybe, and, you know, saying, I'm sorry, take us back. I want you back, Dave. <laughs> but because of James Conner and because of Mike Tomlin's coaching, which for all intents and purposes I think he's the second best coach in the league after Belichick, some could argue for McVay in L.A. I mean, McVay has, hasn't had to keep a team together like this. He's just played quarterback guru with Goff and saved the kid's career. And with a talent like Gurley, it's kind of about all you need out there. Uh, with that all and being said, I think Le'Veon Bell is making a huge mistake in his decision to sit out and take the money just based on the principle that you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And the hand that has been feeding you is a really good offensive line and an even better organization. There is a culture in Pittsburgh like really no other team in the NFL. Maybe the New England Patriots, um, but – Pittsburgh is just an outstanding organization overall, and Le'Veon is going to get his money, but he's going to find out that wherever he goes, whether it's New York, I like Chicago, I, I think even Seattle would be interesting. Give like give Russell Wilson some help up there, you know. Wherever Bell goes, it's not going to be the same, and I think that whatever team pays for him is going to regret it. Not so much immediately, but a couple years down the line, because I think Le'Veon is going to play hard to stick it to the Steelers in the first season, but afterwards Le'Veon is going to fall off a little bit because there is something to be said for an offensive line that can block. Us Florida State people know this very well, and there is something to say for a well-run organization. I think it's a mistake, and if I'm the Steelers, I'm saying go ahead and move. Go ahead and leave. We've already got your replacement, and he's cheaper too. So with that being said, that was the Off the Top segment brought to you by me, sponsored by me. Speaking of me, I said during the predictions last week on air that the Florida State Seminoles were not going to be Boston College. And I said that they weren't going to score more than 14 points in the game. And obviously, I was proven wrong. And I was pleasantly surprised at how Florida State performed in this game, guys. And, of course, I live a life in which I say things for a fair majority of people to listen. And you want to be right in what you're saying because there's a simple go- joy in going, ha, you know, I told hey, you hey, so. no kiss of death, Nick. We've had that problem before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Florida State's credit, uh, I've been saying um, because that there's just a simple joy in all of that. Florida State, I, I've been saying they haven't been you know, able to win another game this year. I've been saying that since the Clemson game, and here we stand, and the only thing standing in between Florida State and the continuation of a ball streak is the University of Florida. The Knowles beating a very good Boston College team this past weekend. Chris, the things that have been kind of infuriating me in the aftermath of this game is I've seen people still not satisfied with this win. Oh, it's a three-loss team. Oh, it's Boston College. And I'm sitting here saying, excuse me, Boston College was a top 25 ranked team. A team that kicked the crap out of Florida State last year had a marginally pretty good defense. Right. And 
Sure, they may have three, now four losses, but this is arguably still a strong ACC conference. I mean, should people still feel as skeptical as they are? Because I'm truly not trying to blow this game out of proportion in any sense of the imagination, but this was such a huge game for me for this program, don't you think? Listen, for, for Florida State, considering, as you've mentioned, how the season has gone, a win is a win. And as you mentioned, against a ranked team, a Boston College team, that is still good. A.J. Dillon isn't someone to mess around with, and I thought the, the Florida State defense contained him pretty well this past game. Um, I think being able to come off that field with a big win, you saw how hyped that team was in the huddle after the game. That's huge momentum going into this in, into next week's game uh, against Florida. So I, yeah, I, I think it's still a big win. Could it have been better? Yes. Honestly, the final score probably should have been 29-21. It had, uh, was it? McKitty, who dropped the pass in the red zone. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that to me, was a big blown play. Um, but otherwise, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, I really don't see how you can remain negative when it comes to this win. I mean, this is such a statement win for this program. This is the best win this football team has had since the Orange Bowl in 2016 which is also the last time that the Seminoles actually beat a ranked opponent. And it's it's not for the lack of opportunities either. When you take a look at the strength of Florida State's schedule, especially this season, I mean, all but three teams on Florida State's schedule this year, and those three teams were Wake Forest, Sanford, and Northern Illinois. Every other team that Florida State has faced this season is ranked or has been ranked in the top 25 at some point. Now, Boston College was ranked 20th or 22nd based on which poll you look at, but either way, this was a statement win for this program, and if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that this isn't just me hopping on the Florida State bandwagon or having any kind of bias, and you know now that the Knolls win, it just puts such a happy switch on things, and I've been condemning this Florida State team for the most, I think, out of most people here, and when the good is good and the bad, but the bad is bad, in terms of the progress that I've seen with this football team, the way that the players talk to me, the way they're beginning to love each other, the way that they're coming into the press room after the game, uh, and, and, and the Tiger preference, you know, went a little wrong, went a little long. I heard DeAndre Francois saying, well, dang, we only get like 30 seconds. <laughs> These players are excited. They're excited to talk about the culture change that's that's going on right now. Yeah, they were excited about that, that win in general. What's it called? After the game, um, wow, I can't remember his name right now, but one of the players was talking about how A.J. Dillon was talking a bit of trash to the media going into this game against Florida State, and they were so excited to just shut him up there because he had over 30-some carries and less than 150 yards in that game, which was, was impressive. It Samuels? No, why can't I remember his name? Um, Offensive player or defensive Defensive. Uh, Dontavious? Yes, Dontavious, Dontavious Jackson. 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 I don't know why his name was slipping my mind there, but, yeah, he was excited about that. I got to say that um, – those people, the people who aren't satisfied, are the ones that you said, "I don't like being wrong." You know, I, I don't like being wrong, and they they gave up on the season. They're they're the ones who are fire taggart, fire taggart, and yeah, Florida State was one play away from not winning that game, but they did win. They did come through, and what really means is that the players. He, he said, "There's a taggart said there's a lot of outside noise. What people think are going in on uh going on with the program." But he, he said this, and this is why I always go to practice. I, I always go to those things. Those kids, those fans aren't at practice. They don't see what goes on. They don't see how great our practices are, and we can't put it on the field. It frustrates me, but we can't put it on the field. And today it finally clicked a little bit. And for, for people to go after them after a game in which they won, they won the game. Uh, they came out on top and showed some perseverance. Um, it, it's starting to come together. And I got to say this, every single person in that locker room, every single – media member every single um every single staff member 
the SID, all those people believe in what Willie Taggart is doing. There is no, there is no, there isn't any corruption inside the program, inside it. It's the things from the outside that are really bothering people. I mean, I, I asked, uh, I asked one of the receivers. I said, I said, what, what do you think about the actual fans that showed up? I saw. All the players were high fiving the fans. There was fifty seven thousand people. There. That's mm-hmm. which I was going to bring. That's the second lowest, lowest I- uh, amount of attendance since nineteen eighty eight against Virginia Tech. The student wow. section was sparse. Sparse at best. I was, yeah. I was in you the could student get, section. You man. could get a front row seat <laughs> anywhere in the student section if you wanted to. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so for I thought I don't know if I'm a player. It was got it almost hurt me that we go in and go out and win a game and it was still pretty loud in there and you're going and celebrating with everyone but you're looking up and it's empty you know that that our play has shown that people don't want to show up and that by them winning that game it actually makes the next game matter um but a game don't that want, already matters do do you but you just don't want those people that don't really believe right um if you don't believe in it then then get out you know i i i I understand the frustration with people. You know, it was Thanksgiving and all that stuff, and that's the that's that's not a back. that's not a good enough like an excuse. A, for I understand like a little bit of that, but that's like you know seventy thousand people show up on that. It was pathetic. It was pathetic mm-hmm. at that. And so, if you're going into this next game, um, and the players are playing for more than just themselves, um, you got to give out a call out to the Florida State fans to show up. I think I saw on the tw- on what was it the uh, student ticket Twitter account they were tweeting out that it's nearly a sellout right now for the student section. Yeah. So I mean that's because of the win, and it's because of that fair weather fan attitude that a lot of the students have. Which just by talking to a lot of the kids around campus, like they just give up at like they have a certain expectation, and if anything is not at that expectation or greater, they're done with it. It's a, that's not how life works. Well, and that's kind of the expectation that you're giving yourself when you've been uh, an elite football program since the Bobby Bowden era. That's kind of the stipulation that you have installed on you, and fair or not, it's there. And you know, speaking of the fan, uh, fifty-seven thousand, I think that's kind of pathetic. With, with I mean, how, with how that was mi- a good-looking fifty-seven thousand. It was yeah. a good. Lo- I don't, it meaning, was a good-looking fifty-seven. Meaning, meaning it was. Loud, it it might have been. It might have been a little bit less than that. Could have fudged uh, the numbers. They, that I mean, when I when I heard the number, I went wow. But still, it it just it, it's a little bit disheartening. But it's that um, it's it's just the uh, the exhaustion of success. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's like the Alabama the whole we talked about it earlier with the Student Alabama section, section. Alabama. yeah. Like they got tired of just kicking just kicking teams butt every week, and they're like, oh, why do we need to show up to see them play Citadel? Or and Citadel out. almost and yeah. Citadel almost beat them. Well, well, in the first half, if we count the first, the first half, half, say sorry, that they, is a win. They made them sweat Citadel, in the first half. Citadel, Citadel, <laughs> Also, I have to say this, you know, that coach has got no bones in his body to not go for it. And fourth and two on the 22-yard line when you're in Alabama's stadium, you got to go for that mm-hmm. after getting that fumble recovery to start the half. Take that momentum. That was a cop-out. I could not believe he didn't go for it. <laughs> that, that, that almost ruined my day until the Ohio State game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that might oh, be a transition man. for you, Nick. Well, oh, not, not, not quite. Maybe, want. maybe if it was later in the show. Maybe yeah. if it was later in the uh, show. But in ter- in terms of the actual game, I know we've talked about the fans. I know we talked about the aftermath. But in terms of the actual game, I think really the story of this game was how Francois transitioned from half to half. I mean, Francois, as a whole, probably played his worst game as a Seminole. Mm-hmm. But of course, the 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 the, the cherry on top 
uh, is the 74-yard yeah, touchdown. Yeah, who's going to remember that terrible performance? I mean, who's going to – well, especially uh, – well, not the point, but it that play, if this the rest of the season goes Florida State's way, is going to be remembered forever as really a season-saving play. And, you know, it was really awesome to be on the field for that, by the way. That, w- that was probably something that I'm going to remember forever. But – you can't distract yourself from the fact that Francois really played terrible in this game. And that for the, I think the two interceptions really were just indicative of how poorly he played as a whole. The first one, he pump faked, and he knew that he shouldn't have thrown the ball. But he threw the ball anyway, and it was a sitting duck, and it got picked off, and Boston College returned it basically to where they left off mm-hmm. on the fourth and one. I think they got a net gain of two yards on that. <laughs> and then the second one was thrown far behind. I don't know if it was Nyquan. I don't know who it was. But it was it was thrown far behind him. It was a battle of which quarterback could throw more interceptions. Well, it was yeah. that, and I just can't help and thinking. They matched. <laughs> I just couldn't help thinking, wow, this, this program is really damaged as quarterback. I mean, yeah. if if DeAndre Francois had went to another Power Five school, he probably wouldn't have had what he's had at Florida State. I can see that. You you look at how he performed in that Ole Miss game, his very first game as a Seminole in his hometown. That man was a stud. Second half coming Three back. concussions in one game and still <laughs> played like that. Right. Um, picked right. up another couple in the Miami game, too, that season. Oh I mean, I don't, know if you, I, don't, I don't know if you all remember, but there were talks of him potentially being a Heisman down the road. And yeah. that is not even a shell of the player that we are seeing right now. I mean, let's talk about reality. He's not coming back. No. no. There's yeah. not a chance. No. That's and, what I'm thinking. And here's the thing. is I'm not saying we don't want him back for his future, if you want him to be successful, he's got to go somewhere else. I mean, you can't get take that bloodbath that that he's taken the his three years that he's been here, and go stick him go stick him behind a decent offensive line. He's gonna make if you if you go put him in Colorado, right now, he would he would tear up he would tear it up over there. You put him in some other situation that's better fit for him because this offense isn't really fit for him. Mm-hmm. You see, it works sometimes, but. It's like uh, it's like shooting a basketball left-handed when you're right-handed. You know, you'll make a couple of shots, but you look scared out there. And he does. He the the some of those picks, they're uh, I'm going all off of just the feel of football, and I'm gonna throw it, and I, I'm gonna get hit, and I know I'm gonna get hit, and let's hope it's on target. It's like backyard football where where you're just trying to make a play and and whatever. Because if he takes those sacks, everyone's gonna yell at him and say, mm-hmm. get get rid of the ball. That was like that was the kind of impression that I got too when I was watching this game. He blinks every time he throws the ball. Well, he throws it and goes ah. It's that, and it's the feeling like I mean, how can he not? Well, I know it's like well, I'm gonna get hit. What's the worst that? Well, obviously we know what the worst that can happen is, but it's like well. Whatever. Let me just chuck this thing 45 yards and see what happens. And maybe Nyquan or Tamari and Terry will be able to haul, yeah. like, haul it in. Which, yeah. granted, if Nyquan Murray doesn't hold on to that one pass, there's no touchdown on that drive. There's probably not a Florida State victory. And, of course, everybody knows about Tamari and Terry. Like, the, the flash in the pan. Three, he always seems to have three or four catches but have over 120 yeah. yards receiving. <laughs> Which is it's with really two just, drops along with it. That well, are just, we're talking about like just right in the bread basket, oh. and they'll make one over the top of a DB, and you're you're confused with this guy. And I talked to him a little bit. I said, "Man, you looked really frustrated in the first half, and then the second half, you flipped the script. What's you know what's going on?" And he's he's like, "Well, you just got to stick with the play." It it's just how can you be so up and down? Like like you said, Nick. It's I I don't I don't know. Can is it lock in ability? I do, you're getting the ball targeted at you very often, though, in, in his case, when there is so much pressure. 
But go, going back to the DeAndre thing, where where would his fit be? Well, obviously in a pro-style offense. I mean, at this point, it's going to be hard for him to kind of he, – he's, he's made himself halfway there, and now if he were to leave and go somewhere else, he's going to have to go halfway back. You I know. could see him somewhere like Mississippi State. Nick Fitzgerald is going to be gone next year. They're going to need someone lead that offense. So that's a, that's actually a really good pick because you know Fr- uh, Francois is from Mississippi. He so. would really, you know, where he would tear it up, LSU. Oh, uh, I I kind of knew you were going to say that. Oh. Isn't that Coach isn't that, maybe they haven't like that's all they need <laughs> a yeah. decent quarterback and they got no line to protect him. It's like that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. We're about halfway through the show, but we're not even. We're not even halfway talking about the Boston College game. There is a lot of stuff to unpack here, and we will make sure to do all of that as efficiently as we can. On the other side of the break, there's no seminal segment this week, so that means more time for us. That means more time for you. We will be back after the break. You're listening to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. And welcome back to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. We left you on the other side of the break, continuing the talk of the Boston College game, and we are still not done. Uh, maybe a little long-winded on some points, but there is just a lot to talk about because this is, again, as I said at the very top of the show, such a monumental win for this program. Of course, Florida State going into rivalry week uh, this next week, and I'm not talking against University of Florida. I'm talking about the rivalry, the ongoing rivalry between Florida State and ACC officials. Uh-huh. Got him, yeah. uh, but uh, I mean, <laughs> this we we for all the games that we've covered together, all four of us, 
we've certainly seen a lot of shenanigans in terms of officiating, and this game was particularly heinous. Of course, we all we all know the uh, the uh, the forward pass call that, for all intents and purposes, uh, lost the Miami game for Florida State. Of course, you know there was a bunch of turnovers afterward, and it's hard to say in hindsight, twenty twenty, and yada yada yada. Yeah. But there was a uh, there was a, a a bunch of missed spot calls in this game. There was a a holding call that was holding under every single textbook definition in the dictionary of holding <laughs> that was called back, and. I don't know. I, 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 it wasn't as bad as some of the pass interference calls that Florida State has gotten this season. But I, I, but I don't know. Honestly, what was so bad about it was that they knew something was wrong. They knew because they threw the the freaking flag, and the fact that they were like, "Just kidding." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That that's kind of infuriating. It, it it, I think it raises some questions. I'm not going to get into speculative things but well and it's hard to do that too because right. when, because they, when, they whenever, just need more practice guys they just need, they need more practice they haven't had the reps in what is this well yeah, actually look at the, look at the film and, come back. and <laughs> i was doing i was refs? i was doing my research and head head referee david epperly uh that, that was refereeing this game he got suspended in 2012 by the acc for mistakes in the miami fsu game Hmm. And that that was that was that was the game where and, and I'm uh, sorry, what, what's it's his, a conspiracy. What's his name? What, what's his name? Uh, David Epperly. Epperly. Kind of sounds like a like a Eberly. Kind of lets things uh, okay, get by him. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> is he graduated well. yet? <laughs> Not yet. He's a he's a 25th year senior. Um, <laughs> no, that's Nate Andrews, buddy. <laughs> but but uh, regardless of that, yeah. No, this it was in 2012 uh, FSU Miami game, and there was a there was a runoff on the clock. Uh, that actually Jimbo Fisher had to correct him on, and University of Miami already went into the locker room. He messed up so bad that he had to get the entire Miami team out of the locker room so Florida State could kick a field goal, leading think thirteen to ten into the half. Wow. So I don't know. I just kind of thought that was that was unique. Uh, Epperly, yeah. Keep 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 we'll that in Remember his but, name uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Burned in my memory. <laughs> Final point on this Boston College game. Obviously, the defense was really the star of this game. We talk about how Francois threw that touchdown pass to Terry to win the game, but really the winners of this game was the Florida State defense. And this is this is coming after uh, a three-week span in which they allowed 148 points. No, I don't. I, I I certainly wasn't expecting the Florida State defense to play this well. I said on the show that I wasn't expecting them to play this well. So I was expecting AJ Dillon to run all over Florida State defense. And man, I know there's no I skipped it segment tonight, but if that was, if there was, that would be the call because let's be honest, Florida State was playing like a pack of dogs to quote uh, Jameis Winston, flying to the ball. Absolutely. And Don Tavius Jackson said after the game that he, he was, he was finally happy that his, his linebacker crew, the defense was able to match that intensity that he has been playing with and preaching all season. He had, I think he had 14 tackles in that game. That was the most on the team. And that's like one of the first couple times uh, in the past couple weeks where an actual linebacker has gotten the most tackles on a team and it hasn't been somebody in the secondary. Well, you know, Brian Burns, he had uh, – that grass must have been really slippery or something because he, he tripped up a few times. I, he still had a great game. Brian Burns is still definitely the star of that defense. Um, but, yeah, no, Dontavious Jackson had himself a really great showing. Those corners really need to learn to turn their heads when yes. they're going for those deep plays because it's – I mean, listen, we can go back to officiating and say that Florida State gets a lot of pass interference calls, but these, I mean, they need to be taught the proper technique so that there's less blame to be placed, to be shared with 
uh, the defense as well. The defense also did a really good job of not committing penalties. They had one penalty called them the whole game. The secondary didn't have those problems with pass interference calls like they did like the Miami game. And that's the reason why I think they won that game. Moving on to a little bit more housekeeping, I think need to move on from Boston College here. Just to kind of just around the university here in terms of sports, women's soccer um, advancing to the quarterfinals in the, uh, the NCAA tournament. Of course, the Knowles beating USC on penalty kicks. We talked about it earlier in the show. Chris, you were at that game. Correct. What was that experience like? Oh, my goodness. That was a fantastic game. Both USC is a very talented soccer program. Um, their head coach escapes, escapes me right now. But it was very closely matched. USC scored their first goal. Again, as I mentioned, Caroline Jeffers is only her fifth start this year. She's a transfer from East Carolina. Um, and she's been playing understudy to Brooke Bollinger. There was like this screecher kick that was in the corner of the goal that she could have blocked but i think she thought it was going to hit the post she let it go by and that is what gave usc the advantage after that it was mostly usc going into the half and you know you're concerned florida state going into the half um is three and five when they're down at the half and so obviously this was a big win for them yuji zhao the whole front front line was just fantastic Kind of interesting to see all corners of the uh, the bracket for the tournament resulted in the number one seed and the number two seed facing each other in the quarterfinals in this upcoming week, except for Florida State's side of the bracket, which West Virginia went down to Wake Forest on penalty kicks, and Penn State, who is Florida State's next opponent, beat South Carolina, which is another fantastic soccer team. It's very interesting, you know, especially when we're kind of accustomed to March Madness and how crazy March madness optimally named is you know seeing all the all these 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 ones and twos and threes getting upset the tournament is going pretty much as planned or or as you think it's it was really really kind of interesting hey the acc had some really it was really well represented in this tournament they came in with eight no with 10 teams if i'm not mistaken uh, going into the Sweet 16, they were maybe five or six team, five or six ACC teams, and now I think it's just down to Florida State and North Carolina. And of course, uh, Florida State women's basketball—they suffered a tough loss. Uh, I think it was. I'm not sure if it was last night or the. Or it the was. Night. It was last. Was night. it last night? And it, it was. It was a pretty bad loss, and it was really. I guess you could really just chop it up to one thing, and uh, that's just a bad shooting night. I mean, Nikki Akumo, uh, one for eleven. Uh, if I remember correctly, and then uh, yeah, I, I was so I went to the soccer game with a buddy of mine who was from out of town. We went from the soccer game, left after the first half to go to the basketball game, and you saw how the basketball game turned out. We literally took an Uber to go back to the soccer <laughs> game to watch the PKs. I, I, I'm looking at this box score. They did not score in the second half they didn't or the score. second quarter. The, they did they not score in the, the second, second quarter. quarter. They were held scoreless. Yep. Yep. Obviously, we talked about it a whole bunch last week with Ari Masudi. That, that is about, unbelievable. We talked a whole bunch about how this, this team is very young. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, Coach Samaru does with this team, and this is its first roadblock, so it's going to be very interesting interesting to see. And, of course, live right now, uh, Florida State men's basketball, number 14th, or, I think, or maybe number 13th. Again, depending on which, which poll you look at, and gosh, I wish there was one poll sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of off to a – they were off to a rough start, but now – uh, Florida State is kind of getting a hold of things. The score right now is, I think, 26-18 to 18 with Correct. about seven minutes left to play in the quarter. Nick, I got something for you here. So, to kick off rivalry week, I bet you guys did not know this, there has already been a Florida-Florida State matchup this week. 
And Florida State is one and zero. The Florida State club lacrosse team beat Florida nine to eight. There you go. This weekend, so Leave you know, one and zero, baby, one and zero. That's go. all you got to do. <laughs> that's a that's a good subject to getting into the Florida Florida State game. And this is a game that, of course, you know, we we do a whole bunch of research for the show. We we spend we spend hours upon hours. At least me and Chris. I know you guys just wing it sometimes, but <laughs> it's a talent. Know, it's a, <laughs> it's a I like talent. a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's not like we're playing some team from the Pac-12 that Florida State doesn't play often. It's not like we're playing a, 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 an ACC opponent on the other side of the, of, of the conference. This is, this is Florida. This is an SEC team. We play them every year. Obviously, it doesn't take – I mean, obviously, I, I don't feel like I need to explain that. But <laughs> nonetheless, we more or less know what this team is. We know what it looks like. We know the pieces. And we understand – what this game is going to be like. So, with that being said, based on the perform- the performance of Florida State's defense last week, Chris, how do you think the defense is going to handle Felipe Franks and Jordan Scarlett? I think this is going to be the best game of the season. Really, you think so? I, I think so. And let me tell you, not even just... In, in, terms, in terms of score or just in terms of fun factor? Yes. Not quality play. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. Is it gonna, is it, but is it, but is I it, agree with what, what you said. The most interesting for the most State interesting, game. most exciting because... It's meaningful. It, it's, it's meaningful. It's against Florida. And after dropping a game to Miami, they're, they're the last big rival that they played, yep. can guarantee you these seniors are going to play their hearts out. These fresh, the, the younger players are not going to want to let... They don't want to experience a loss to a rival like that again. And... Florida is going to want to play spoiler, because uh, let's be honest, Florida's not playing for anything. They're playing no. to, to break a streak. Exactly to to and break a streak. Where Florida State has a huge streak on the line. On the line. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating. Here, game. Here's my thing: is Florida does not have one person on offense that is that is going to take over the game and burn burn you. Not one one guy. And Florida State's got talent on their offensive side. They do. Mm-hmm. It's just let's see if some of them show up because I'm not impressed. There's only one – Kadarius Tony's the only guy who is a, who is a playmaker on Florida's offense. Well, and you, and and you, so if you get, if you get the def, – the defense is going to be the problem. If Florida's defense scores them some points, then Florida State's going to be in trouble. Well, and you, and you want to take a look at the comparison here. You think Cam Akers has had a slow year? He still has more yards and more touchdowns than Jordan Scarlett does. Wow. Which I believe, I, I mean, of course, I know that they run the uh, the kind of the combo with Pierce yep. and Scarlett. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that's kind of astonishing. And then that kind of points to Felipe Franks, and he doesn't have as many passing yards as DeAndre Francois. And DeAndre Francois, again, has had a yeah, year on a yeah, offense. When you take a look at the numbers, it again looks like Florida State has the edge, yet this is yeah. still yeah. a ranked 13 Florida team that is confident, and they, again, as you said, Chris, they are playing to end a streak. If, if Felipe Franks gets off to a slow start again, do we see Emory Jones where they possibly burn a red shirt on him? Ooh. I don't the, think they'll does, do that. Does the streak mean that much? I, I I don't think it means that much to them. Actually, I could see them doing that because now that tra- oh because they can't play Trask because Trask is done for the year. I so. think I think he is. I, I might check it, but he's played in I know at least three. This might it might be four. 
this would be the fifth one. I, we'll, Gary, we'll go that's and your check. Home, Gary, that's your homework assignment. Yeah, we'll, we'll go and check that. <laughs> but <laughs> Emory Jones, I, I, he lit it up against Idaho. Um, Ooh. <laughs> but they think the the Florida State people think, or the Florida people think he's the truth. And I mean, after watching Felipe Franks, he's like a he's basically Blake Bortles on Florida. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's 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 exactly what he is. And it's every time he drops back, you get scared to see what he's going to do. I, I, I know people who who've seen him, and he he just he's got all the athletic talent in the world. It's just it's it's not up there, you know. He okay, can't now, make now, the reads. Now I want to flip your question to Florida State. If DeAndre Francois isn't doing well, do they burn Blackman's wow. red shirt? Not a chance in in H E double hockey sticks, buddy. <laughs> not a. I didn't. I didn't chance. think so. But I, the thing is, if if DeAndre gets hurt, they will put in a walk on <laughs> over Blackman, and people will, they'll put in a walk on. And you know, Blackman's sitting there. He, he he loves his football team and everything, but he knows for his future, is no way he's gonna play uh, against Florida. And there sure as heck is no way he's gonna play against Southern Mississippi University State in a bowl game. <laughs> Hello, Bailey Hawkman. Yes, this is Willie Taggart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call for Emory Jones. If he does play against Florida State, this will be his fourth game. Okay, so then so. he would have to sit out the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So we might see him. We might see him. May, but then may, what, what may pressure not. is that to get benched and then you go, oh, we'll just roll with Felipe in the bowl game. Right. So, Chris, what is it? What is this Florida State team? I mean, I kind of feel like I know what you're going to answer because it tends to be the same thing every year. It tends to be that, well, we know that Florida's offense isn't good. We know that their defense is what's going to give Florida State problems if any problems are going to present themselves at all. So I know it's already kind of been a question that's going to be answered already before I ask it to you, but this is a home game. Obviously, it trades off every single year. Florida State does get the home field advantage in this game against a crowd that is expecting Florida State to win the game. Uh, of course, the seniors have not lost yet to the Florida Gators, the seniors on this team. What does Florida State have to do to win it? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't think Florida's defense. It actually, I don't even think it's better than Boston College's defense was. Gary, uh, homework. G- wow, <laughs> uh, I'm already on the page. Actually, uh, um, you no, already I, passed them. They're yeah, 27. 20. 20, I think they're 27th. Is that total uh, defense? 28, and then here. Okay, Chris. That was more. I mean, that was that was more of a rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're obviously better, uh, but they aren't as good as <laughs> as they've been in previous years. You're that, probably yes, correct on that. Yes, that's 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 what I'm getting at here. I think. I, I don't. I don't think we see as much trouble as we may think we're or that we might be expecting. Uh, I think Florida State. I mean, it's the same thing. This Florida State team just needs to show up. Everyone needs to do their part. Balls cannot be dropped. France, uh, the O line needs to protect Francois. It's, I mean, well, uh, <laughs> I'm just giving Preach. very generic. Preach. <laughs> I, I say this big. Uh, this is everyone's gonna agree with me on this. First team to twenty wins. Hmm. If First, we get there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I kind of feel like this is gonna be a, a very low scoring defensive matchup. Yeah. I, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, but I think it's still gonna be pretty fun, nonetheless. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a difference between a, a really... There's a different energy, man. Yeah, there, I mean, obviously a rivalry game, but there's just a different feeling between a slow, you know, 7-6 to six at halftime. You know, it kind of... It, it, you at feel least. like you feel like it's the sixth quarter when it's in the middle of the third. At least it's not Nebraska-Michigan State. 9-6 to six was the final. <laughs> it was 3-0 to zero going into the fourth quarter. Good. Good God. Yeah. yeah. Channel, yeah. channel Tony Sperano. I, I, I want to um, say this. I want to say this, guys. 
let's let's go let's go to Chris and Nick here. Uh, you know, a little bit of. So you're taking over the show. I I, I do want to take over okay. and give you guys the floor here. You All know, right. this is a, get a little emotional. This is your guys' last football game. So I, I want it's not only the Florida State seniors' last football game, uh, the football team, but it's yours. So maybe a little reflection on that and uh, give you guys the floor here. I, I want well, I want your. Uh, your thoughts on that. Assuming, assuming that Florida State wins this game, it, you know the the bowl game might be in a position to where we might be able to go to at that home, bowl though, game at home. Last home game. Oh man, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing for me. You know, I I, I, I was a freshman in 2015, a couple years off of national championship win, and that was the year that Everett Colson was the starting quarterback for Florida Schmag, State. Schmag, Schmag. <laughs> And it, it, <laughs> it's really it was it's really been an interesting situation yeah. for me to watch this football team kind of unravel. <laughs> and it's not obviously as a Florida State fan deep down in my heart, obviously, as Nick Carlisle, the reporter, this the, trying to my career, you know, mm-hmm. I can't be biased. But as a Florida State fan, it's been oddly entertaining and painful at the same time watching this Florida State team unravel. I've been there for the bad games, and some of the bad games are some of my favorite games mm-hmm. that I've attended. And the one I'm thinking of primarily is the North Carolina game. Don't do it. In oh, 2016. Oh I've talked about that multiple times, the worst football game I've ever attended. But that was still one of the best games. It was so good. See, same season, I'm going to say Clemson that year. That, that too. Clemson game. That too. Was fantastic. I, I, that season hurt. <laughs> that was that was that a season where they one. that was the season where they wouldn't come out in the uh in the first half they just choose not to play and right. then the second half would that, the the heart would become racing the See, Michigan but, game you're right. beating out of oh. your <laughs> chest and, oh, with boy. with that being said with that being said there is so much pride for me in this university mm-hmm. and I don't think that there's an experience in college football anywhere else quite like Florida State football. Given the struggles that it has, given the the unfortunate circumstances in which I've been attending this university and the football team has been in, it's been painful at times. But I will still, you know, watch YouTube videos. I actually, it makes was, you care about it more. I was actually watching YouTube, some YouTube videos of the marching chiefs, their perspective. I, I I I don't know why I was looking at this, but I had there was a the chiefs had a GoPro on their chest on their head and I was just watching I, them yes. I was just watching them do their pregame routine and when the pregame fanfare starts and I see the the, the, the marching chiefs rush on the field there is a, just a feeling of emotional something in my heart that will never ever be triumphed by anything else except you know marriage and having a kid obviously but you know I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> not so really, fast really Florida, what, what Florida State Florida State over you know the future who knows no, but the, that, the, day, the day that Chris, you what about you let me give you a brief history of what brought me here. So, yeah, well, we have little, eight minutes, and I do want to I talk was, about the rest of the college football. So. I was a little boy growing up in California. No, no, no. <laughs> Back in my March twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. No, no, okay. Um, so my my dad is the one that convinced. I mean, he convinced me to apply, but it was ultimately an opportunity to go abroad that brought me to Florida State. My freshman year in Spain, I stayed up till five a.m. watching Florida State games, uh, dreaming. Uh, waiting for the day to, where I could finally be in Doak watching this team. Granted, 2015 Florida State wasn't fantastic either, but still, just the experience. That's all that the freshmen in Spain could talk about. And then my very first game, as I mentioned before, was Ole Miss, was Florida State at Ole Miss uh, in Orlando. Oh, my goodness. Incredible game. I was Incredible. there, too. Incredible first game to go to, but there is nothing 
like being in a state it didn't even have to be dope campbell uh, it's the best when it's in dope campbell but just hearing the war chant when you have thousands of people in in a bowl that was a florida state home game it was <laughs> exactly it, it really it was really a, felt that way. oh absolutely I hate to cut you off, but we're really running low on time. We haven't even done predictions for Florida, and I do. Wait, I haven't told you about my childhood. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care, Chris. I really don't I, care. Uh, no, but um, and I. And on that note, I mean, you're talking about the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss game. I went to the Alabama game oh. in Atlanta. Oh. That was obviously a very heart crushing game for Florida State, but the absolute magnitude of how loud that stadium I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Extremely loud. So quickly, we're just gonna have to go lightning speed because there's a whole okay. bunch to talk about here. You guys ready? Seatbelts on. You ready? Okay. I want predictions now. No thinking about it. Just, just go. Fast as you can. Uh, 2018 Florida State. 21-19 Florida State. 2013 Florida State. 21-14 Florida State. Now moving on to the rest of college football. There, uh, there's obviously a lot more rivalry games than just Florida, Florida State. There's a, a couple of big ones with uh, college football implicate, college football playoff, excuse me, implications. First one. Oklahoma versus West Virginia. West Virginia coming off an upset loss to Oklahoma State last week. Uh, Oklahoma fighting for their right to party in the college football playoff if somehow Ohio State can knock off Michigan. Guess where we're going <laughs> after we talk about this game. But, guys, what, do you, what are your takes on this game? Take me home, country roads. Let's go, West Virginia. West Virginia's demoralized. Give me Oklahoma. Whew. Wow. Give me Oklahoma. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, I think Oklahoma as well. Um, but I don't. Just looking over to the future, I don't think that they're going to be in the college football playoff. I think it would be a mistake. I mean, if the college football playoff committee is really in, I- excited about making some money, they could be in the college football playoff. But because just how exciting that team is. But I mean, Murray is a Heisman candidate. I think he is going to win the Heisman. But that 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 defense is just so bad. They're not going to be able to stop any of the high-powered offenses like the the the, the, the Michigan's, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson. Michigan ain't a high-powered offense. <laughs> well, take that back. Shea Patterson's great quarterback. I mean, he's really turned around that team. Uh, we can we whoa, Ohio State Michigan. Let's go to that game. <laughs> Ohio State Michigan. All right. You, you. I, I I am. This is just a rooting for Ohio State to beat Michigan because I think that Ohio State will lose their next game after that. They they played the last three teams way too close. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State will pull it off and. One of those games where it's fourth and one, and there's a controversial, controversial no, referee <laughs> assessment. Again, the ACC referees have made their way into the Big Ten. I, I would not put it past them. Yeah. <laughs> I know I like Ohio State in this one too, even though I hate Ohio State. I like. I think Urban well, Meyer just owns. That's not being very biased here, Gary. Well, well that's just my per- yeah. He's that, taking the majority is... on that one. Yeah, here. <laughs> but Urban Meyer owns Jim Harbaugh's brain, so he's going to take it okay. again. Oh, Ohio State's done. Give me Michigan in this one. I, I, I don't. I think Ohio State will win this as well, along the same lines that Gary is thinking. Jim Bar- J- uh, Harbaugh has never beaten Ohio State mm-hmm. in his tenure at Michigan. I don't think that continues. I think Ohio State generally kind of comes together at this end of the season. It's always really a situation of, well, are they going to make the playoff, which obviously is sitting at 10. I don't think they are. And Even they if they win both of them, they shouldn't. They're they shouldn't. I mean, I mean you, you're, you're playing that close of a game to a Maryland team that's practically in shambles. It, it, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's the team that that took Texas down in the season opener. Yeah, yeah and Texas ain't, good, ain't nothing either. <laughs> right. Texas is back. Texas is back. <laughs> uh, Washington versus Washington State Apple. Well, wow, lots of comments on Huskies. that one. Huskies, 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 yeah, going Huskies. Huskies. Washington. It is at Washington Wazoo. State, but I think that they're they're uh, they fall they're gonna fall off the rails eventually. They can't score all those points. I like Leach. 
go Wazoo. <laughs> I think Wazoo as well. I really like that offense. I don't. I don't think Browning has really proven to me this season that he can be really consistent. And I think that when no, it comes the down, receivers to, make him look good. Well, he, exactly. I remember a couple of games where he was throwing balls over the receiver's head, and they were Odell Beckham the, the entire time. But uh, don't think, don't think they're going to get it done. Wazoo. Oh yeah, no, I said Husky. Did you say Husky too? I did. I did. As in soon as in, in concert with Luke Fay. We're splitting it today. It's yeah. two and two. It's two and two. Uh, and last but not least, uh, this is Syracuse and Boston College. Is Syracuse is quarterback going to play? I think Aaron Dungey's going to play. I think I, I really I, I don't have any preference here. I think it's a toss up. I, I I would go with Syracuse here because Boston College just when you run the ball to AJ Dillon for what was it thirty five times, he's right. probably mm-hmm. not going to have any legs the next game. I'm tired of carrying his team. So yeah, Cuse as well. Cuse. That's four on cue. So guess guess not so much of a split uh, on the other side of things. So about a minute to spare. Uh, we we talked about a lot tonight, and we we did speed through the end of things. But um, how about them things? I want to I want to say, say this. I think that being at that low point that Florida State is right now makes you way more thankful for for what you had, and um, really the true fans will stick around. And so I think that where we are. You're, you just become more and more proud when it does come up because you were there at the bottom. Um, you know what it feels like. Sometimes you need that wake-up call. Any other closing thoughts for that For that matter? Yeah. I, I had my, my Go Saints go. You had your Go, you had uh, your go Saints go. Yeah, they're looking great, they're looking man. Very they stomped the Super Bowl oh, champions. Oh, my goodness. Whew. I think I, I, that, that game kind of convinces my argument of what I said a couple shows ago with Drew Brees being the MVP over Mahomes. I mean – it's literally just incredible to watch, and good for Drew Brees. Did y'all see what Jenkins did after that last yeah, touchdown? Yeah, the, uh, the... He, he likes some birds, huh? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Brees makes it look effortless, man. Some birds, he indeed. Does. Well, that's about all the time that we have. I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. I almost kind of forgot that Thanksgiving is going to happen this week. Oh, yeah, huh? Thanksgiving is a real mm-hmm. holiday. I know everybody is already on the Christmas train, and I'm there's t- so I, many I heard Christmas, Christmas music in the leech. Hey, big, oh, my gosh. Hey, hey, big tip, stay off the I'm, politics I'm going here, to. I'm going <laughs> to. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm going to endorse uh, I don't know, Kickstarter for making an album just full of Thanksgiving music. We're going to put together 12 songs of Thanksgiving music, so Thanksgiving Favorite, favorite Thanksgiving dish, guys, quick. Oh, mashed potatoes. Stuffing. Mashed potatoes. Mac and cheese. Green bean casserole. <laughs> All right. Well, throwing a Latin dish there. But you know we're out of time. We're out of time. We're, you know we're not talking when we're not talking about sports. We are out of time. So with that being said, new releases up next. Thank you all so much for watching. For Gary, for Luke, for Chris, for Sebastian. Uh, I'm your host Nick Carlisle. New releases up next. You're listening to Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of 